Happy holidays, everyone, and welcome back to 12 Days Pod. I'm Kara Zelaya, and I'm joined here with my co-host, partner, fiance, and my Christmas story, Christmas prince, Christmas guy, Dan Takaki. That is a lot of Christmases. I didn't know I was so many things to you. You are endless things to me. If you're new here, this is our holiday season podcast, one that is so seasonal that it is only relevant for 12 weeks of the year, which is how long Christmas is meant to be celebrated. That's right. We love Christmas, and we love Christmas movies, so we're here to talk about some of our favorites and some of our not-so-favorites for no reason other than to have a good time. So let's get into it, Dan. What are we talking about this week? Oh, do we got a good one for you this week. This week, we are taking a look back at the follow-up to one of our very first episodes, A Christmas Story Christmas. Yes, indeedy. This movie came out last fall as the sequel to A Christmas Story, starring once again Peter Billingsley as the titular Christmas Story. Old Christmas Story. Now, I know there's been some backlash about the dislike we had for the original Christmas Story, but I just want to say we stand by it. There are no retractions to how bad the original Christmas story is. Sorry. And we had some foggy memory that made it a little confusing for us. Um, But with that said, we did come into this one with fresh eyes and a healthy dose of perspective of how bad these Christmas movies can actually be. So what did you think this movie was going to be about? So I knew that Peter Peter Bingsley was in it. Billingsley. (laughs) Peter Bingley, like Mr. Bingley from Pride and Prejudice. I knew Ralphie Bingley was going to be in it. Mm Mm-hmm. So I said that I thought Ralphie would be back home with his mom and that either his mom or his parent, one of them would have died Mm -hmm. and that he has to take care of the house and close it out to sell it. He would run into his bully and also his teacher who he had the hots for. And that's pretty much what I thought it would be like a thing about grief, a thing about closing down the home, all of that. Yeah, I think something for me that was a little confusing in that prediction of yours is I don't necessarily remember him having the hots for the teacher. I have it in my mind that he was afraid of the teacher. You know, And those aren't mutually exclusive things, as we all know. (laughs) I was gonna say. But I remember in one of his many imaginatory states, he pictured her as the Wicked Witch of the West. That did happen. What did you think this film was gonna be about? Much like you, I thought his dad was dead. He had a dead parent. Dead dad club. There's got to be a reason for him to go home for the holidays. Yeah. And I thought that he had his own family. And, you know, they go back and he'll share the old family traditions with his family. And I assumed there would probably be an homage or just straight up the BB gun, the bunny pajamas, and the leg lamp. Which we kind of got. Yeah. And I thought he was a documentarian looking for a story about small town America. Mm. Which is not right, but it's not far. Yeah. We both figured some sort of storyteller. Mm -hmm. I think you had maybe also thought he was going to be a teacher. Yeah, yeah. I also said his brother was going to be around. Oh, his brother. What a confusing character. (laughs) So many confusing choices for the characters in this movie. It's also such an odd thing to make a sequel so many years later, but also it's not present day. Like it didn't land to us that this movie was going to take place in like the 70s. Yeah, I I talk about, I was going to talk about that in my notes and in the recap, but this movie does take place about 30 years after the previous movie because that's sort of the real time of how it went but the original movie took place in like the 40s yeah and so i think for whatever reason we we pictured this being present day but it wasn't because it opens up and it doesn't give you like a time stamp of when it is right but the like decor and everything 
is very 70s and we were like what what is this choice that they've made (laughs) and then we realized like oh yeah it can't be 2022 yeah so why don't you go ahead and tell us what happens in this movie yeah absolutely i would love to so this movie as i said is 30 years after the original movie and it takes place in 1973 ralphie is married with two kids and they're living in chicago classic christmas city chicago we love a chicago christmas movie except this takes place mostly in home in indiana the fictional town of home in indiana so ralphie has taken a year off from work to try and write the next great american novel a classic cliche of course but he hasn't had any success and time is running out his parents were supposed to come visit for the holidays but he gets a call from his mom learning that his dad has died and so ralphie and his family drive to homan for christmas to be with his mom and to get their affairs in order ralphie his wife sandy and his mom decide that they want to make it the best christmas ever in honor of ralphie's dad who loved christmas and who loved spreading christmas joy and this is where we take our first step back from watching the first movie where you and i were both like did he yeah we were both like and maybe memory doesn't serve me well but i did re-listen to our episode Mm -hmm. before watching it just to be like what was this movie about yeah and i remember being like this father is horrible he's just so grumpy and mad and obsessed with his leg lamp and nothing else yeah it's very very odd so this whole thing of like my father the champion of christmas and i'm like what and you know maybe that is a very you're born in the 40s now you're 30 30 or 40 in the 70s and you're looking back on your life and you're like my man my old man was the best which is sort of the crux of the movie is that ralphie thinks his old man was the best and a legend Mm. time (laughs) time (laughs) When it comes to getting the affairs in order, and I know you're about to get into this, but there's no funeral planning. Yeah, there wasn't a funeral. Like it didn't. None of that. The only thing that happens is they go spend Christmas with the grandma, Mm -hmm. and then Ralphie is tasked with writing the obituary. Yeah. But what other affairs has he gotten in order? I don't know. And I, I said get their affairs in order, but I think it was mostly just to go be with his mom. Was that what it was? I think it was primarily to go be with his mom at Christmas because she was, you know, dealing with... The loss. The loss. But there's no funeral. It feels like a lost opportunity. Yeah, but you would... If there was a funeral, this movie would have been 20 minutes longer and you would have been like, why is this so long? I mean, stop giving away my notes. Go on. I'm just just basing it off of the first episode we did of this. (laughs) As Kara alluded to, Ralphie is tasked with writing the obituary for his dad. And this movie brought back just about everyone from the first movie, including a few of Ralphie's friends, Schwartz and Flick, which are two of his friends from the first movie. One of them is the one that Triple Dog dares the other one to stick their tongue to the pole. A classic bit. The Triple Dog Dare comes back in this movie. Sure. Flick owns the bar in town, and Schwartz is often at said bar, and has run up quite a very large tab there. Chekhov's oh, large yeah. tab. There's a lot of things at the start that pay off later in the movie. Mm-hmm. Just really just checking things off. That's that's what Chekhov is, right? <laughs> you gotta check off. Check off the list. All right. 
Ralphie's kids, Mark and Julie, are also immediately tormented by a couple of bullies who keep knocking down their snowmen on a snowmobile, and we find out that these are Ralphie's childhood bully, Scott Farkas's kid. Not Scott Farkas, Scott Farkas. Yeah, his name is Scott. He is now a cop, which again, we'll come back to. Checks out. One of the good guys now, as Boo. he says. Ralphie is doing all the local traditions, including buying a Christmas tree that's too large for their house, visiting the mall so the kids can see the evil Santa on the big slide with the elves, his children experiencing bodily harm. (laughs) When he's at the mall with them, he is able to buy all the presents for their children. Mark, the oldest boy, his big dream is he wants a cool toboggan or sled, and Julie, his daughter, wants an easy-bake oven. Mark wants a sled... Julie wants an easy bake oven. What a song. I've missed your songs this year so far. (laughs) It just sounds like a carol. I know. So on their way home, their car breaks down. This is also a running gag. He needs a new radiator in his car. And to cool down his radiator, they crack an egg in it and it scrambles. I don't know. I don't understand. You asked me if that was like Midwest lore and I've never heard of that. You know, there's different regions of the Midwest. Like Mm -hmm. our front door neighbors currently have a goose. We don't live in the Midwest. We live in Virginia, but they have a goose on their doorstep. Yeah. And I was informed that that is a very Midwestern thing. And you were like, is it? Never seen a goose on a doorstep before. (laughs) Goose on the doorstep. (laughs) Go on. Anyway, so while their car is broken down on the way home from the mall, they decide, let's have a snowball fight. It's all fun and games until Ralphie nails his daughter in the eye with a snowball at like point blank range. And so they have to go to the hospital to have it taken care of. And while they're at the hospital, someone steals all of the presents out of their car. Crime and homing, am I right? (laughs) Scott Farkas sleeping on the job. Truly. They also don't have that much money to replace them, and so they have to tell the kids that it's going to be kind of a thin Christmas this year, and they they lose it, as any child would that's been dragged to Indiana for Christmas. Sure. All you have to look forward to is the presents. Yeah. So later on, Ralphie goes to flicks with his son to try and make him feel better, to try and just like, you know, be like, look, there's more to Christmas than just presents. Look, here's all my friends from the old days. And while they're there, Flick and Schwartz make a bet that if Schwartz sleds off a sketchy-looking ramp, his tab will be forgiven. And this is where the triple dog dare comes back in, because Schwartz is trying to chicken out. And after this happens, everyone in town starts sledding. And when Mark is sledding, he flies into a car and breaks his arm. Back to the hospital. Uh, So here's where I, like, start to lose interest in these types of films. Mm -hmm. Because I'm like, it's too many things. Like, too many things are happening. There's too many accidents. There's too, like, I... It starts to muddy everything together. I mean, I think the idea is just like, you know, everything that can go wrong has gone wrong. Dad died. Daughter has an eye patch. Son broke his arm. Wife twisted her ankle going ice skating. Presents are stolen. Car's crapping out on me. I've lost all of my prospective job opportunities. Lowest of low. But something will save us all in the end. Mm. You know? Sure. And we'll get to that. So on Christmas Eve to pile on to their long list of things that have gone wrong already. The star that's on top of their tree falls and breaks, and that causes a panic amongst the kids because earlier on in the movie, Ralphie says that Santa won't stop at a house without a star on top of the tree. And he says this because he didn't want to put an angel on top of the tree because they forgot it at home. (laughs) 
And so this causes him to then have to break into Flick's bar to steal a star from his tree because all the stores are closed on Christmas Eve. And then he is caught by Farkas, the cop. Farkas puts him in the car and drives him away. And the two of them have kind of a long conversation, kind of like very vague about their past and catching up, where Ralphie's inner monologue is panicking on what Farkas will do to him. That's the other thing we haven't mentioned. Like in the first movie where there is like a narrator kind of interjecting Ralphie's thoughts throughout the movie, Ralphie is now doing that still to this day, hinting at his crazy imagination and why he wants to be a storyteller because he's always got all sorts of thoughts and thoughts and things in his head. And so Farkas drives past the police station and ends up just taking Ralphie home. And he apologizes to Ralphie for how he was as a kid and how when Ralphie beat the shit out of him, that really knocked some sense into him and helped him turn his life around. Yeah. And he's like, you know, my kids are nuts and they're the ones that are on the snowmobile. And it's like, yeah, we figured. Really turned his life around, huh? Mm-hmm. By becoming a cop. Yeah, I guess so. A professional bully. <laughs> Yeah, 1970s Indiana police. Anyway, something else that has been going on is Ralph has been rejected by all the publishers he submitted his manuscript to or his story to, and so he's questioning his writing ability. And so he's trying to write this obituary for his dad throughout the movie, and kind of like Nick Miller does in When Nick Miller's Dad Dies in New Girl. And he's like... Good reference. (laughs) Another Midwest classic moment. Yep. And he's sitting in his attic with his typewriter, and all of a sudden, he starts looking around. He sees the BB gun. He sees the bunny suit. He sees the leg lamp, and he hears the voice of his father from the first movie. And he starts to get inspired about past Christmases, and he writes, instead of an obituary, just a long article, which we see is titled, My Old Man. The next morning, everyone wakes up and sees the star on top of the tree, and that there's dozens of presents under the tree, because Ralphie's mom found these extra presents just in the basement the night before and they realize his dad must have bought them for the family before he died and everyone has a wonderful christmas morning because his their dad is the christmas hero dead dad is the christmas hero yeah yeah and also sandy tells ralphie that she gave his article to the paper because they had been asking about the obituary and it was published on the front page and everyone in town comes over to tell him how much they loved it and they stay and eat all these fucking casseroles that have been brought over And he gets a call from a newspaper asking him to write more articles for him and that is getting syndicated into other publications. And he is now a writer. The end. The end. Well, that's the movie. Yep. Um, what do you what do you gotta say about it? What 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 do you have to say for yourself? <laughs> An what, old classic what, segment. What do what you have to say, say for, for yourself? yourself? Okay. I'm a little heated, I'm a little mad, I'm wow. a little nauseous. So Here's the thing. This movie's fine. It's deeply boring, but it's not offensive. You know, sure. it's it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's it's too long. I do think that Ralphie is endearing. I actually find him more endearing in this one than I did in the first one. I like that it's the same actor. Fine. But. You know, I don't think I like movies that romanticize the past. Interesting. Unless they are from the past (laughs) Mm. like you know like if they are a movie that was filmed in the 50s about the 50s fine yeah okay and like now we view it from a romantic lens right like it's a wonderful life we are romanticizing the past Mm -hmm. but in it's a wonderful life they are not romanticizing the past right it's just the present yes and so 
I don't like films where it's like, remember my wonderful father? (laughs) Yeah, because I mean, the thing is, is like, we were not children in the 40s when this first movie came out, nor were we children in the 70s when this movie came out. No, we were not alive. No. And in terms of like what it's like, the message I'm getting is that time has stood still in Homan. Yeah. In a weird way, which is kind of sad. Like it's, I don't want to dig the actors in this movie. The actors do a fine job. No, they do fine. Yeah. But I don't know if these actors have been booking a lot. <laughs> the only people that we recognized were Ralphie yeah. and his wife, who is like, had several like bit roles on sitcoms that we've watched. Sure. But all of the other actors just like look like they've been living in home and... <laughs> I will also say this was a straight-to-streaming release. This didn't hit theaters. Mm-hmm. So this wasn't, like, a huge production. Yeah. I just generally don't vibe with dad movies. I really think that's the thing. Like, mm-hmm. And I don't mean, like, your diehards. I don't mean the canon of films fathers like. I mean movies about dads. <laughs> yes, we know. You, you have a... I have dad issues. Yes. And I think... Most of us do in one way or another, except you, because Steve is great and we all know that. And he loves a Christmas story. Sorry, Steve. Love you so much. I just think that these movies about these very boring men romanticizing their equally boring fathers Mm -hmm. (laughs) are kind of uninteresting. And like, look, I love an introspective look into like what makes us human and loving imperfect characters. I love that in life. I love that in literature. I love that in films. But when I have seen your characters already be terrible to each other, and then in the sequel, you're like, no, 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 no. They were just flawed. I I struggle. Yeah, and like the thing about this movie in particular is that Ralphie almost speaks in cliches. Entirely. I get that that's your whole deal, but at, at the same time, it's one thing for you to have a dad that speaks in only cliches and does that, but it's another thing to watch a character in a <laughs> film do that, you know? It doesn't quite land. I really think that the problem with this movie is one this movie is very boring <laughs> and the best parts of this movie are the fact that it isn't as grossly gross as the original source material so it's a much more pleasant watch in my opinion because i don't like a christmas story the audio levels are much better in this oh, one too so there's no there's better. no like rampant screaming or weird like sped up cuts but i will say the Things that were the best about this movie were the references to the previous movie. Yeah, like I really liked when Ralphie and his son were like just hanging out in the bar with Ralphie's old friends. Right. Like I think that's fun. Yeah, so it's confusing because the whole time you're like waiting for the fan service of like where's the leg lamp where's the bunny suit and like it, it all pays off but it's hard to be thirsting for fan service when for... we're not fans yeah you know it's like 
if your first superhero movie that you've ever seen was just Avengers Endgame. It's like you missed all of Infinity War. There's all of these characters showing up. You're like, am I supposed to know who this is? I just, it doesn't work for me. I don't like these movies. It doesn't have to be more complicated than that. Here's how I'll change this film. Ready? Make it shorter. One. Two, make it funnier. I thought it could have been funnier. Three, don't try to recreate the nostalgia of a film that I didn't already like. I know a lot of people really like the original, so they're going to like this one just fine. I am grateful that this film is like well-made. The performances are good, but... these episodes are almost harder to do because I'm like, it's fine. Yeah, I'll say, if you've not seen this and you like A Christmas Story, I think you'll really enjoy this movie. Yes. I think you'll find it fun and cute and charming. I agree. And if you've not seen A Christmas Story, you won't watch this one anyway. And if you have seen A Christmas Story, the first one, and didn't like it, you can probably skip this one. (laughs) Unless you're like itching to see what it is. And that's fine. Do you have any other notes that we didn't go over? Um, Yeah, I have some other things that happened in the movie that I didn't cover in the recap that I thought were of note. I will say, as we've alluded to, I did like this better than the first one. Sure. Ralphie's overactive imagination in this one is also very funny. Yes, it's very good. There's a scene where he's been rotting in jail for years (laughs) and like his family comes to visit him and he's grown like a very large beard. Oh, yes. And... (laughs) There's a bit where it's like, oh, his daughter is pregnant. Like, oh, yeah. She has a teen pregnancy. And his wife is like moved on and is with somebody else. And then his son is just British. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. And that, that did make me it, laugh. It was, like, it was like one of his worst nightmares was his son just becoming British, Ugh, which was a very same. funny thing. Same. He was same. like, what happened to you, Mark? And he's like, moved to England. <laughs> yeah hey to dad when ralphie's dad dies everyone comes over to help his mom and by in doing so they just fill her fridge and freezer with dozens of the nastiest looking casseroles you've ever seen yeah that was like a beet one the mom being who she was made like a beautiful turkey roast dinner dinner for christmas but she was like we can't eat this until we finished all of the casseroles (laughs) And so they bring over one of Ralphie's friends who's just like living in the bar, essentially, and he eats all of the casseroles. This is an audio medium, but I literally just got to chill down my spine and I just had to like shake it off. Anyway, I thought that was fun because that's what happens in the Midwest when somebody dies is they just bring you casseroles. I want to interject a fun little story about us. So the first time that I went to go visit Dan in Duluth when he was there for grad school. Yes. We went to a little bookstore, um, which was lovely. And uh, we picked up, like just held this like Midwestern's Guide to Cooking or whatever. And it had all these old recipes on it. And one of them, I don't know if you remember this, was a seafood casserole. Mm, Yes. And it measured fish in In cups. cups. (laughs) That was the volume. And I had never seen... Put in one cup of fish. You know, you say that, and I agree. I've never seen that as a measurement. But as someone who is a tinned fish, Yonato. <laughs> okay. I do like a tinned fish, and I, that is my own personal crime, and that's fine. Me and Grace Aki will grow old together. I still don't measure my tuna noodle in cups. No, I understand that, but... I can imagine dumping like two of those into a measuring cup being like, yeah, that's a one and a half cups of fish. <laughs> anyway, that's what I thought. A lot of, lot of very niche 
specific Midwest references. And um, I'll say it again. They didn't they didn't explain why the Wizard of Oz was in the first one. No, they didn't. <laughs> I'll never have the answer to that. So let's get into these fun facts. Mm-hmm. Maybe you do get an answer to your Wizard of Oz. Okay. So this is actually the third direct sequel to A Christmas Story. Now, hold on. <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> so in 1994, there was a film. It was the first sequel. It was called My Summer Story. Uh-huh. And that was followed by A Christmas Story 2, which came out much later. And both sequels are fully ignored in this film. Huh. Now, I need to tell you about My Summer Story. Tell me about My Summer Story. According to IMDb, in this sequel to A Christmas Story, it is now summer in the Parker family, and the usual number of events is happening in their separate lives. Whatever that means. (laughs) Sure. Now, you know, this came out in 1994. 11 years after the original. So it couldn't have been the same Ralphie. That's true. It is the best Ralphie I think has ever existed. Someone who really knows how to roam the streets of... Homan, Indiana. Homan, Indiana. Roman and Homan. Roman and Homan. Wow. There it, he was. There it was. Mr. Friend of the Pod, Kieran Culkin. Wow. Christmas movie alum from Home Alone. From Home Alone. Kieran Culkin is... Maybe one of my top five favorite people I've never met. Sure. <laughs> I, yeah. I love Kieran Culkin. I would die for Kieran Culkin. Kieran Culkin's great. I just adore him. I love that this exists. We have to watch this film. Oh, man. But it's we the summer have... story. It can't be Christmas. Or are we just going to watch it on our own? No, no, no. This is going to be for the pod. It, it, maybe it'll be our July episode. Wow. Our summer story. Our summer story. I mean, I know how much you love a Christmas Story and A Christmas Story Christmas. So I think picking the movie that is a direct sequel to A Christmas Story that doesn't involve Christmas at all and it's none of the same actors, I think that's a great choice for us. Artistically, yeah, uh, emotionally. Uh-huh. I think I think you're going to get really jazzed about doing the sequel to A Christmas Story that came out in 1994. Sure, yeah. So A Christmas Story 2 came -hmm. out in 2012, so 10 years before this movie we're currently reviewing. Interesting, yes. And it stars a man named Brayden Matthew Lamister. Okay. And a name that you might recognize, Daniel Stern. The Home Alone crew (laughs) dipping their toes into A Christmas Story lore is fascinating so for those of you uh playing along at home you're like who's daniel stern well we talked about that in our very first episode of 12 days pod he is best known for his role as marv merchants in home alone and home alone 2 one of the wettest bandits you've ever seen one of the wettest bandits he plays one of the one of the bandits so he's the non-joe pesci bandit Yes. So according to this Christmas Story 2 summary, the film takes place in 1946, six years after the events of the original film. Ralphie is now 15 years old, and all he wants is a used 1939 Mercury 8 convertible for Christmas. Same plot device. Wow. Yes. Brayden Matthew Lamisters, I'm so sorry, is an American actor, musician, and singer. He began his career as a child actor. Mm-hmm. And he has been a guest star in fil- in things such as Criminal Minds ER. <laughs> wow. It's like he's in the room with us. <laughs> <laughs> he was also in Easy A. Oh. 
So there's there's that fun fact. The fact that there were two other movies that didn't star Peter Billingsley and also are were not just recognized, not at all in this. Given the fact that all the most of the original actors were in this movie, I would take this to be the true sequel. Uh, I agree. Back to some just regularly scheduled fun facts. Uh-huh. The casseroles in the fridge are marked with the names of the families that made them. Mm-hmm. They're full of deep dive Easter eggs of characters mentioned in the original film, in the books, in some of the other sequels. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, there are two from Ralphie's teacher as she had a different name in the book. Oh. So Ralphie's teacher does make an appearance. So she's still around. She's still around. Peter Billingsley, who played Ralphie, deliberately adjusted his voice to sound closer to Gene Shepard, who did the narration of adult Ralphie in the original Christmas story. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. At the end of the movie, when Peter is reading the story about his dad, it then cuts back to the original narration from the first movie. Yeah. While adding an egg to a leaking radiator to plug a small leak is an old trick, so it is a thing. Okay. Um, you're only supposed to do the white part of the egg, not oh, the yolk. They were cracking full egg. They were going like, doot. Yeah, but like, I almost respect cracking the full, cracking the full egg because like, Cracking it and then like fishing out the yolk like you're mm. baking, you know, like, like a, lot a meringue. It's, a lot of work. It's ridiculous. Guess where production began? Uh, Indiana. Bulgaria. Good guess. Very close. Oh, <laughs> there is a scene of Ralphie's brother in a hotel that is supposed to be in India, but it's just inside of a hotel. Does it? That could have been on a set. Some why Bulgaria? Oh, the snow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. Can't make that here. (laughs) Although she had retired from acting in 2007, Melinda Dillon had been approached about potentially reprising her role as Ralphie's mother. Mm -hmm. However, she ultimately declined the offer. She was replaced by Julie Haggerty, who is nearly 16 years younger. Dillon passed away two months after the film came out. Oh, I didn't realize that wasn't the actress from the first movie. She looks like she looked like her. Yeah, she did. So Peter Balingsley has actually produced quite a few amount of films. Uh-huh. He's directed things. Um, he has a production company called Wild West Picture Shows with a pretty well-known actor. And it just think of the most random actor. Just a random actor? Name, name an actor. For a dollar, name any actor. <laughs> name an actor. <laughs> any actor. Uh... Owen Wilson. Vince Vaughn. Very close. Very close. <laughs> wow. Very you close. You are very close. Wow. I'm pretty proud of that. <laughs> wow. Yes. Vince Vaughn was a producer of this film. You know, that track. <laughs> I'm so proud of you for that. You were inches away. Inches. So close. <laughs> wow. Um, just a little goof that I thought was interesting. There are two references to The Simpsons in this movie. However, the film play takes place in 1973. <laughs> Dope. And The Simpsons <laughs> wasn't out until 1989. Classic. Classic. And those are your fun facts. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba. Thanks. Wow. So that means you did not cover the one fun fact that I had about this movie that I oh. had looked up. Do you know who directed this movie? I sure don't. So it was directed by a man named Clay Cadis. Not Clay Aiken. Not Clay Aiken. But does that sound familiar to you? Mm, should it? Well, it might because our first episode of the season, The Christmas Chronicles, was also directed by Clay Cadis. Oh my fucking God. Is this our new... Nemesis? Our new nemesis? Look, I think I could do a better job directing these movies. I'll oh. say it. I'll oh. throw my name in the ring. Okay. Well, so a little bit about Clay... 
Uh, originally an animator, uh, got his start as an animator at Walt Disney Studios. His main uh, Disney credits include Tangled, Wreck-It Ralph, and Frozen. So he's probably a good animator, just not a good director. Yeah, true. Anyway, one of the other big movies he's directed is the Angry Birds movie, which I don't think is a Christmas movie, so I cannot imagine he'll come back to us for a while. (laughs) What if it is? I don't know. He did not direct Christmas Chronicles 2, which is another movie that we'll probably watch at some point. Sure. But that's my only fun fact. Yeah. All righty, folks. As we do every episode, it is time for our definitive ranking of this movie. As is tradition, we base our rankings around the 12 days of Christmas. So, out of 12 days of Christmas, what would you rate a Christmas story Christmas? I'd name it Three Calling Birds. Three Calling Birds. Yeah. That's interesting, because it is four calling birds and three French hens. So that's kind of like a like a four, three and a half. Yeah, that's how like, I feel about it. That's like a three and a half. Yeah, yeah, that's about, that, that, that sounds right. It's not a French hen. It's not a French hen. No. It's an Indiana hen. It's it's a thin Indiana hen. It you know what? It's a hen who gave me food poisoning. Yeah. Wow. How about you? How many days of Christmas would you give it? You know, I was gonna give it three French hens. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, it's there. I'm. Here's what I'll say. I'm glad that they made this movie for someone. I'm glad. You know, Someone I, will enjoy it. I think there are people who will get enjoyment out of this movie. And I think there are people that will really like this movie. And I think it's good that they made this movie. That said, I did not like it. I did not care for watching it. It was so boring. It, yeah, just like nothing happens. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. We are only 66 days away from Christmas. Yikes. And we hope to spread as much Christmas spirit as possible. So please share this with your friends if they aren't already listening. Join us next week as we take a look back at a very recent horror movie, Violent Night. Wow. Starring David Harbour. I just saw Mrs. David Harbour at a play. Wow. Wow. Lily Allen herself. Lily Allen herself. And as we say every episode, Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas.